a miracle at UGP. Are you ready for a miracle with UGP? Oh, radio is here to you. We're going to learn something new. Are you ready for a miracle at UGP? Ready for a miracle? It is I, the underground professor, coming at you almost live, high atop a double, a double rainbow <clears throat> as it arches over the Hermitage of North Texas's liberal conservative studies. Yes, I'm gaily swinging my feet. A lot of problems. <laughs> Could not get a Skype line in to Blog Talk Radio. Every line I called said it was, it was busy. At uh, we owe loyalty to Harambe. What is Harambe? Don't know who he is. Rest in peace, whoever he is, huh? I don't know who he is. And, uh, so I'm wearing my Redskins hat uh, to honor Ken McClinton. And, uh, 
that uh, the Cowboys and the Skins played uh, today. So, yeah. It was Harambe. You're talking about the kid at the Gorilla Zoo? Yes, uh, the kid that fell down. Well, that was sad. <clears throat> that was a sad event for sure. I got lots of homeschoolers that watch this, so you got to keep it clean. <laughs> you can make fun of the Cowboys. That doesn't bother me, but you can't can't use language like that or I have to kick you out. So, anyway, we accidentally won. The Cowboys did. Uh, to, uh, and it was <laughs> accidental win, wasn't it? It wasn't a pretty win, but it was a win. At, uh, at least we finally got into the end zone for a, for a change last week. That was impossible. And notice something. If you do, did you guys watch the Cowboy game, Redskin game? Did they air the Star Spangled Banner? Or did they not air that? That uh, I did not see coverage of that anywhere when I was watching the news, or not the news, but the Cowboy game. And I'm trying to think, did I accidentally fast forward past it and missed it? Or did the NFL decide they weren't going to show them because of the controversy of the protests? And they didn't want you and I to get angry and turn off the games. Now, I know the Cowboys aren't doing that protest because Jerry Jones came out and told them you won't do it. I know the Giants last week. I talked about the Giants in the Cowboy game. Turns out that both the owners of the Giants and the Cowboys went into the locker room and informed their players that they would not, in fact, be doing any of these shenanigans. See if I can find that real quick. I forget where I tucked it in. I had it somewhere, but I'm not sure if I have it in here or not. Uh, Looking real quick. Mm, no, I don't have it. Well, anyway, there was, I've got it somewhere. I just don't know where. It, the. Uh, I wonder if I stuck it over here. No, I didn't do that. One real quick second here. Let me see if I got it. Let's see. No, that's not it. And that's not it. And that's not it. Well, I don't know. If I have it somewhere, I don't know where I've done with it. So, anyway came out and they said, you will not be protesting that it's a sacred day, the 9-11 day. Now, I don't know if they still came out and said, you won't be doing it anymore for the rest of it. And uh, yes, exactly right. Uh, he's, he's entitled to his opinion. He says, it's his, I'm, I'm getting my uh, periscope. They're saying that his opinion's worthless. Uh, and it's worth what it is, right? I mean, he's a, a has-been player. He was booed when he came out to play last uh, week uh, in the last game. I guess in the third or fourth quarter, he had to come out and play uh, a few downs, and uh, and he was booed by his his own fans. His jersey, however, is selling like hotcakes. Never before have people been buying that jersey like ever. <laughs> but let me suggest to you that it's not all out of fandom and support out of Crappernick because there's been also a record number of jersey burnings, and so people with extra cash on their hands, I guess, have been buying the jersey in order to burn it. At, uh, where are all of these repro bears the prof keeps warning about? I'm not sure. Have I been warning about repro bears? 
I don't know what a repo bearer is. That a, a reprobate? I know what those are. That's like Ken McClinton. That uh, the so I'm curious. Has anybody seen the game? And did they just not air the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem? That uh, because uh, I'm I'm curious about that. I planned on watching a lot of football this year, and I'm not. I'll watch the Cowboys as long as they aren't protesting. But if I find out that they're protesting, then I'm done with them too. Periscope can't see so good. Uh, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, No, the Periscope can't see what's going on in blog talk and vice versa. Uh, But Periscope is up and running. If you want to hop in there, who do we owe our loyalties to? If you're a huge fan of of a football team, American football, do you owe your loyalty to the team? Do you owe your loyalty to the country? Do you owe your loyalty to the men and women who've served this country and sworn oath to you know, to defend and protect the Constitution? men and women that have died holding that flag in battle or fighting under its hubris, who do we owe loyalty to in this case? I would suggest you, you always owe loyalty in this order. You owe loyalty to God. And that's the God, not just any God. You owe loyalty to your family, but that's a two-way street. If your family is not loyal or deserving of it, I suggest you don't owe loyalty to them. You owe loyalty to yourself, and that's extremely important. I'd say you always owe loyalty to yourself, and hopefully... You will deserve it. William Louise Dreyfus, actress. Di- oh, act. Oh, okay. Dreyfus's actress is an actress, and her dad died at age eighty-four today. I didn't know that. <sighs> is football even important? Are we? Are we? That are so upset about this national anthem business that we're not gonna watch the NFL games that we're boycotting or we're getting angry and we're writing all these Twitters and Facebook pages and op-eds and getting angry. Like James Wood, who has banned the NFL for life now in his TV sets. That makes me mad. It's a degradation of our country's values. But I feel a little, a little chagrin that I'm worrying about this while we have some crazed raghead running around in a Minnesota mall up there where Holger lives, stabbing people and yelling Allah Akbar. Well, they find two unexploded bombs in New Jersey and where they have actual exploding bombs in New York, in Chelsea, 
a very upscale area, Chelsea is. The media certainly doesn't think it's a very big deal because, well, for instance, um, they were more upset at Trump, who came out right after the announcement of, of unexplained explosions in New York, and he called it a bomb. And they were more pissed off at him than they were at whoever committed this explosion. And they still are angry at him for calling it a bomb. de Blasio is still saying that it's unrelated, even though we now know that it was a bomb and that we know it was done by a Muslim. But it was unrelated because it was just not terror. It was vandalism. (laughs) Right. What would Hank Williams Jr. do? Well, we know that Hank Williams Jr. was relieved of his responsibilities for doing the Monday night football openings because of politics, because he's a conservative. And so they removed that. Uh, we did that story because that happened right when I started doing radio, I think. At, um, I had to go look that up again and find out what the deal is with it. I feel a little chagrined that I'm worried about things like this when, when we have these things going on that are a bigger picture. But then again, would these terrorist activities, three of them today, allegedly uncoordinated, lone wolf, not terror, whatever the crap is that the media and our government always say over every single one of them. Heck, if they could, I imagine they would like to retroactively declare that 9-11 was a lone wolf incident and that, you know, 15 lone wolves just happened to get on the same plane together and just happened to all have the same idea and it just all happened at the same time. But it was just a whole bunch of lone wolves. Because that's what this is. This this stuff is being coordinated somewhere. It's being paid for somewhere. Some moron wannabe raghead is not sitting there eating Fruit Loops, chewing on a slice of bacon and thinking, you know, this country sucks. I think I'll blow something up. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) There's planning and commitment and canoodling and and conspiring. There's a lot that goes into something. People just don't grab a knife and go to the mall and start slashing people. Yeah, I would suspect you're right, Mary, that Soros has something to do with this. But let's think. If we had nipped this bullcrap in the bud a long time ago about getting rid of Christmas and, and not being able to express Christian views in public, if we had gotten rid of the anti-disestablishmentarianists in this country who want to attack the ingrained institutions of our country, the organic documents that founded us, i.e. the Fabian Socialists, the progressives, the statists, the liberals, the progressives, the socialists, the communists, the fascists, and all the other rainbow coalition names that they can come together and, and hide under and then randomly switch to a next name when you figure them out. 
if we'd have done a better job at shutting them down, we would not be having these problems that we're having today. We wouldn't be worrying about the Star Spangled Banner being protest today by some idiot who doesn't understand what he's even doing. And, and, and let's face it, I mean, he's a quarterback. He's supposed to be one of the smarter people on the football team. But how stupid do you have to be that you're protesting a song while voting Democrat? Huh? I mean, was it the song that's racist? Or was it the Democrat Party that was racist? The song merely points out that there were slaves that had converted to British soldiers in order to... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I didn't lose a bet. I'm making fun of my friend Ken McClinton, who uh, is a Redskin fan. <laughs> but thank you for noticing. <laughs> At, um, yeah, I'm wearing my hat, my Redskin hat, by the way, that Ken sent me, everybody. So, um, oh, crap. Now I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? Um Mm -mm -mm. Mary, you have to remind me what I was saying It was probably going to be brilliant too uh, I've just completely had a brain dump The Oh my goodness, I really can't remember Usually this doesn't bother me Lately, I'm just so tired I can barely stay awake I'm tireder than than Hillary Clinton is at 8 o'clock at night You seen those pictures of her When they woke her up over the explosion I mean, she'd already gone to Uh Lubies and had her, you know, little Lou Ann platter and then got tucked in bed at seven o'clock and uh, 7 p.m. And they had to wake her up at eight to. Uh, you said something about that doesn't make you a racist. Uh, huh? Not sure what that is yet. <laughs> it may be at a click in. Uh, the pictures of her, man, she looked dead tired, like they just woke her up. Forget about the 3 a.m. phone calls she was always talking about. She couldn't. Uh, she couldn't handle the 8 p.m. wake up. Something sad. Something wrong with her. At uh, the national anthem, right? Racism. What was I saying? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I, I got it. Thank you. The two of you gave me enough clues <laughs> to uh, do it. Here it is. The Democrat Party has committed very real racism. Uh, for instance, it created the people of the Democrat Party created the KKK to be the militant wing to punish black people. The Democrat Party seceded from the Union in order to promote slavery. Now, if you go back and you watch the show I did or listen to the show I did that goes over the causes of uh, causations of the Civil War, you're going to learn a whole lot that you have never been taught in school. And those of you that are my loyal listeners, you know that that's an oversimplification of what I just said of the cause of the Civil War, but it is certainly inescapably one of the reasons because of the fear of Lincoln banning slavery, the South began secession movements upon hearing his victory at the polls. So the Democrats are the ones who wanted to perpetuate slavery. The Democrats are the ones who created the KKK. The Democrats, uh, and mind you, we know that's bad because one stupid KKK is supporting Trump. I forget his name now, that moron that shows up and gets – and you only hear his name every four years during a presidential election, and it's only associated with the Republican Party. And I think the only reason he does it is to harm the Republican Party because the KKK and the Democrats have never parted ways, never. 
Anybody remember? Mary's the name's Irina. What is his name? Who am I talking about? The uh, moron uh, down south there that is a KKK member and pretends to be a Republican. Um, the Repu- David Duke, that's it. No one supports him in the Republican Party. No one takes him seriously. And he is not a darling of the Republican Party. So out of the one half, one and a half to two percent of the entire South that owned slaves, 100 percent of them were Democrats in the South. They owned slaves. They created the KKK. They also created the Jim Crow laws. They're the ones who came up with the poll tax, the grandfather clause, all these other little restrictions to prevent people, black people, from voting. That was very real physical racism, even though racism is a term, as I've said many, many times, created by Trotsky in the Soviet Union in 1939, used to shut down and embarrass people in a debate so that he could win the debates. It's an ad hominem attack word. It has no substance. But we use it today, and now we overuse it today, and we've overused it to the point where now being called a racist means nothing to most of us. It shut down a lot of white people when they heard it, as was intended, but now people like me just laugh and joke and call ourselves racist because the word means nothing anymore. It's been overused, and we're desensitizing from that word. Very demonstrable, provable connections to slavery is the Democrat Party. Even their great savior, Lyndon Baines Johnson, who came up with the Civil Rights Acts of 1964, which were actually a Republican act, which kept getting voted down by Democrats until Lyndon Baines Johnson says we need to do something or we're going to start, we will never win a presidential election again because of the way the South was turning Republican and the way the North was Republican, it spelled a doom for the Democrat Party. So they did a flip-flop on the Civil Rights Bill. They made it worthless, by the way. And then they passed it to much hoorah and hooray. They conned a whole bunch of black preachers with money and power and a voice at the table of Democrat politics and the bribe of welfare, whom Lyndon Baines Johnson himself said, will keep niggers voting at the plantation of the Democrat Party for 100 years, and my golly, (laughs) he was right. Who knew? LBJ got something right. They still tout the man as a hero when he said that about them. You tell them that, they don't believe you. They won't believe you. The Democrat Party is the party of Islam in America. Can that not be denied? I mean, you don't see a ton of ragheads banging down the door to be Republicans. I've seen maybe five in all of my experiences. But you watch the Democrat National Convention, and it was riddled with Islamists, Mohammedans, Muslims from Pakistan, Egypt, Syria, Saudi Arabia, Turkey. Iran, etc. They are the party of Islam. 
In fact, this is why they voted God out of the Democrat National, um, not convention, but uh, contract. Well, not contract. What is that? Uh, Platform. The Democrat National Platform. They voted God out because the Mohammedans wanted God out of there because he wasn't Allah. And yes, if a Mohammedan is being honest, he will tell you that Allah and and Yahweh are not the same gods. Yeah, that's right. That one too, Cog. But <laughs> um, I did miss one. I'll give that to you. Uh, the Democrat Party is connected to the Party of Islam, and Muslims are the third party that facilitated slavery for America. Whites did not drive their little ships to Africa and get out and go on safari hunting blacks and then pull them to the boat and load them up and go back home. No, it did not happen that way. For one thing, there was a triangle of trade, molasses to rum to slaves. We turned our molasses, we went down to South America, turned it into rum, then we took the rum and we went over to the Africas and we gave the Muslims rum. They, in turn, went at war with Africa and captured Afrikaners, whom they then brought back, and many of them were black Muslims. And they took them, and they sold them into slavery. That's the majority. There was other examples and and things, too, but that was the majority. So the Democrat Party has never left its roots. It's now identified with the Muslims. The Democrat Party is identifying with Muslims, whom, by the way, were Hitler's staunch allies. Iran is uh, the, the Farsi word for Aryan. Remember the Aryan race, the superior race of Germany? The Farsi word, and Farsi is the language of Iran, is Iran. That's the word for Aryan in Farsi. Iran. Go figure. They named their whole country the superior race (laughs) in conjunction with Hitler. And those of you who know a little bit of history know that they were tied in with the great Mufti and all the other idiots and... uh, and, uh, and this is one of the reasons why they're so pissed off, because they lost and we punished them, and then we stuck Israel in the midst of them. And that made them even matter. And slavery, that's right, Cog. Slavery still can, is going on in the Africas, in the Sudan. It's going on in Syria, too. It's going on in America, by the way. Human trafficking is a blight on our country, and it's still going on. And, uh, and so that's something to think about. The people that are involved in human trafficking are almost always Democrats. Oh, Professor, how can you say that? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, because, uh, because most of the criminals are the ones that are in the Democrat Party, not the Republican Party. An Islamic state-run news agency claims that a man who stabbed and wounded eight people at the mall in Minnesota before being shot dead by an off-duty police officer was a soldier of the Islamic State. There you go. That's all you need to know. 
That happened in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Knife attack. Where are all of the people? If this had been a gun attack, they would already be out there at the news shows, the daily shows, the Sunday shows. They would be all over the airways. They would be crawling all over the Internet, complaining, gun control, and that we need more laws. But this was a guy that stabbed eight people. And I hear nothing about knife control. I hear nothing about a three-day waiting period to buy a knife. I hear nothing about limiting the size or sharpness of knives or any of the other crazy things that you would hear if it was a gun. So are they truly after the ending of gun violence, or are they just simply wanting to take away guns from law-abiding, honest people? I think we already know the answer to that. It's kind of a rhetorical question. But it makes you wonder, where are all these weenies at that are always out there, these cowards and pussies that are always trying to take away our rights and our ability to defend ourselves? And where are they on this and their lack of, incons- their lack of consistency? Just like our brethren over in England, in Great Britain, they've banned guns three or four times. It hasn't helped. They still have lots of gun deaths, uh, but... They also lead in like something like 50 a year, but who cares? They lead the world in deaths by cricket bat. And I don't mean 50 or 100. I mean, they're, they're talking about thousands of people that get killed every year in a country that would fit in the panhandle of Texas. And more people die from cricket bats and baseball bats and knives in Britain than dying with guns in America. But we're all offended by guns over here. We're offended by guns. To whom do you owe loyalty? To God, to the Constitution, or a party? I'm going to tell you that that's one of the major distinctions between a Republican and a Democrat is that we Republicans, for the most part, not the leadership again, but the rank and file, we believe in God, family, and country. We believe in the Constitution, whereas in the Democrats, they believe in welfare. They believe in power, and they believe in the state, not the Constitution. When you talk about when you talk to Democrats and they talk about government, they talk about brick and mortar buildings and the human beings that we vote on and send up there and the bureaucrats that control us unconstitutionally. When you talk to a strict constructionist about government, he's usually talking about the Constitution and what it allows government to to do. There's a distinction in mindset. The Democrat Party is the party of slavery. And yet we have Democrats that are millionaires on these football teams who became millionaires because Joe Sixpacks like me buy tickets and jerseys 
and beer, God help us at these at these games. And we've turned these people who are playing a game into millionaires. And these people are protesting the Star Spangled Banner, thinking that they're being courageous when I think they're being cowardly. Because they're not challenging government. They're not standing up and voicing against power. They're not taking any real risks, certainly not physical risks. They may be taking professional risks, like getting kicked off of a team, getting beat up in the showers after the game. But what real risks are they taking, other than the fact that they're pissing off a lot of American-loving fans? If I understood their protest, maybe that might be something different if they were consistent, if they were honest with their protests. But I ask you, all of these black NFL players that are millionaires, why don't they get together and do something? Why don't they get their money together and hire private security for these inner city uh, uh, areas? I mean, that's not illegal. Why don't they buy better training and equipment for the local police uh, forces that have to deal with inner city problems. I mean, do inner cities not have problems? No, they do. We can agree on that. Who lives in an inner city? Mostly blacks. That's code word for black. Okay, fine. And other minorities. And do they have crime? Yes. Do they commit murder? Yes. Do they steal and thieve? Yes. It's not unique to their races, but they are condensed and packed in small areas. Whites tend to be spread out. Statistically speaking, from government Census Bureau data, not from racist opinions, but from the very government that these people support. Black-on-black crime is astounding in its figures. Black-on-black murder is incredible. And you know what else is incredible? Is the resistance that black people have to come to the aid of another black person who is becoming a victim of crime. And it's not just blacks. I mean, this country is becoming like that more and more, where everybody turns their head and looks the other way. I don't want to become part of that. I don't want to take a risk. I might have to get involved in the paperwork and dealing with cops. And and if I do get involved, maybe they'll call me a racist because I tried to help some black girl that was being raped. And then I go to court and I get everything sued and I lose my house because I'm called a racist because I stopped this black punk from raping this black girl. Trust me, it happens a lot. Google it. We have a problem with the inner cities. We don't have a problem with the Star Spangled Banner. In what way could we change the Star Spangled Banner to fit these guys so that they could honor our country? 
Well, they're going to come back and say, Professor, that's ridiculous. We don't want to change the Star Spangled Banner. Mm. Is that ridiculous? That black girl in the Navy who, who refused to stand up for the Star Spangled Banner, which is, by the way, a requirement under UCMJ, not a choice. Her refusal was because of the fourth stanza, which contained the word slave, as if the whole word slave was somehow. Oh, yeah, let's remember, the Muslim, Muslim word for slave is identical to the Muslim word for black. Who knew? Who knew? But that's not racist. So we have a whole bunch of problems in the inner city. We have how many black millionaires on each football team? I forget what the cutoff is. Maybe Cog will remember, but uh, 53 or something like that. Is that what the uh, each team is allowed to have in players right now? I can't recall. <laughs> Maybe it's 37. I don't know. But considering that 80% of them are black, you you know that every team has to have 20 black millionaires on it. We play 16 games a season. I think there's uh, 34, 35 teams in the NFL. So we're talking about a lot of black millionaires. And I ask you, how have they helped anyone by kneeling? They want to bring awareness to the situation. Fine. Okay, great. I'm aware. You got my attention. Now what? What have you fixed? Nothing. What am I supposed to do to fix it? I don't know. They haven't said anything. They haven't really even said what's the problem, except for the fact that it's unfair, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean, and however is this world ever been fair, I don't know. But it's unfair to black people, says all the millionaire black people playing football. How unfair it is to black people in this country. You know what's unfair? I'm not a millionaire. Of course, I can't play football like they can, but that's just a stupid game. Why is it fair that they are millionaires for playing a game? I have three PhDs, and I make $50,000 a year. How how is that fair? And I'm white. I should be making the million dollars if this was a racist country, not black football players. So I'm asking you, what have they done as a group? Now, there are some entrepreneurs in the football community, black and white. Um, we talked about human trafficking earlier. Jason Witten, one of the best ever. Um, crap, I forget what his position is now. Not, not end, uh, not a wide receiver. Uh, I forgot his position. Crap. Anyway. He's one of the best ever of what he does. I can't think of the name now. And uh, he went to Albertsons and he got them to back them with money to start something called Project SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. And it's about human trafficking. It's to help women who are kidnapped get out of the world of that world. It's the ones that do get out of the world, help get them back on their feet to 
go back into society and become normal people, live a normal life. It's to fight human trafficking, which is a fancy way of slaying, saying slavery, which goes on in America today. Thank you, Zari. So it has happened. Now, Jason Witten, tied in, that's it, tied in, I finally remembered, does not kneel during the Star Spangled Banner and the National Anthem in protest that country is unfair to sex slaves in this country, which it most certainly is, isn't it? By, by, by definition, it's got to be unfair when you are being human trafficked, when you become a slave, or when you're forced to have sex for others, enrichment and pleasure. Forced. And so you don't see them doing that and protesting. You see them trying to fix the problem, to go to people's aid, to spend their money where their mouth is. All of these black football players could have come together and made a organization that they could call, I don't know, United Black Football Players of America for the benevolence of equality and fairness amongst all. That's a nice handy title. And they could have spent their millions on equality, on fairness, on education, on outfitting police in inner cities so that they can deal with it, so they could pay for training, additional specialized training for cops in urban areas so that they could handle the unique problems of urban problems. In California, a cop just shot a hatchet-welding man. I call right now for a three-day ban on hatchets, and maybe we should have a licensing of concealed hatchets and, and open hatchet carrying. Unbelievable what we have in this world. It is, to me, unfathomable. If the problem is whites killing blacks in inner cities, white cops killing blacks, then why don't these millionaire cops pull their money together to move the white cops out of the inner cities and only hire black cops so that now it will only be black cops shooting blacks in the inner city? Well, first off, do you think there will be less black people shot by cops? If we do that, or more, since the vast majority of blacks are killed by blacks, I suggest to you that if we got rid of white cops who may hesitate to kill a black because of all the problems, that we may actually see an increase in the death of bad people in black communities. That seems to always also be the thing that we forget, is that all of this is over a bunch of lies by Black Lives Matter, which was born on lies, as we all now know perpetuated on lies and we're supposed to believe that there is a real problem with white cops killing black people in this country but what we don't seem to ever stop to think about is why are all these people constantly having to deal with cops outside of speeding how many of you have ever had to deal with a policeman now I've had a lot of interaction with cops 
because of being falsely accused for crimes, for being arrested for them, for yelling at the judge and going into jail for contempt of court, for lecturing a judge on the proper uh, um, actions of a judge as the founding fathers laid out for the judiciary. I've had people steal stuff from me, so I've had interactions with cops for that. But how many of you have had an interaction with a cop because nothing happened? How many of you had to deal with cops when you've not been robbed, you've not had anything stolen, you haven't uh, broken any laws outside of a speeding ticket? I ask you, how many of you have had actual interactions with cops? For all of this to end, perhaps these black millionaires should spend a lot of money at these midnight basketball games and and at school football teams and everything and and community centers to teach black youths how to talk to cops. Perhaps we should start teaching them that you don't wave a gun around at a cop. Perhaps we should start teaching them that you are polite and you do not use foul language around cops, and that you do what they say. And if they tell you to kneel, kneel. If they tell you to put your hands on the car, put your hands on the car. If they tell you to go away, go away. But most of us do not have negative interactions with police in our lives. You may see them at Luby's while you're eating. You may see them pass you on the road. You know, it used to be cops would wave back. Now cops don't even wave anymore. I think they're so pissed off at what we're doing to them in this country and what we're allowing to happen to them that they don't wave anymore to anybody. Maybe they're afraid that if they wave back, someone will say they were flipping the finger off or something. I, I, I don't know, but I used to wave at cops all the time. They always wave back. Now they don't. Most of us do not have interactions with police at all, and those of us that do, even fewer are negative, unless you've committed a crime. If you've committed a crime, well, then that kind of changes everything, doesn't it? It changes everything. And we have to rethink why we're upset about that. If someone has committed a crime and has a negative interaction with the cops, who cares? I do not care when a thief or burglar or murderer or rapist has a negative interaction with a cop. But there's ways to prevent that from happening. If you're polite, and obedient, and you do what you're told by the police. Even if they handcuff you and put you in the car and take you to jail, then you get a lawyer and you do your thing. I'm not saying this is somebody who's naive or has never been falsely accused of anything. I've gone through that system. I despise the system. The system needs a lot of work. Most people have no clue how the judicial system is and how corrupt it is. But that's not an excuse 
for bad behavior in interacting with police. Even if you are right, and I don't concede this, but the idea, and this just I just can't get my head wrapped around, but the idea is that the cops are picking on the blacks that are committing the crimes. You know what? If you don't commit the crimes, you're not going to have the cops doing what they're doing. You won't have interactions with them. And we forget that this is all based on criminals that have created criminal activity and then have had a negative interaction with the cops that's gone wrong. And all of that's thrown away the second a white cop is involved and a black perp is involved. And even then, they've had to make some Mexicans into white people in order to justify their complaints and their problems. I ask you, who do you owe loyalty to? The cops? Your community? Your skin color? The Constitution? God. If you're loyal to God, then you're not going to be having interactions, negative ones, with the cops. If you're loyal to the Constitution, you will not be having negative interactions with the cops. Some of us think that loyalty to family means to lie to the cops about the whereabouts of one of our family members who has committed a crime or is suspected of committing a crime. Some of us think loyalty is to not report one of our relatives that we know committed a crime shot somebody, killed somebody, raped somebody, stole from somebody. And we think that that's loyalty. We think that that is noble behavior. And that we not only have a duty to do it, but we have a right to do it somehow and not be punished for it. That's exactly what's going on up in Washington, D.C. with the murderers of Ken McClinton's daughter. There are people who know who did that. There are people who know who killed that man's daughter who had done nothing to these gang members except was standing at a bus stop at the wrong time, on the wrong day, at the wrong place. And there are people who know, and they think they're being loyal, that the fix is in or that the cops are biased and they justify these things. And I don't get that. I don't get that kind of loyalty. The omerta of the Sicilian mob, if you think about it. I don't get that. I don't understand how we as a country, we think that protesting a song in celebration of a battle of the War of 1812 is a worthy protest. But I ask you, what will it accomplish? It pisses off a bunch of us. It's going to cost the NFL a lot of money in the long term. And it's going to further divide this country, not heal it, not bring the races together, and it certainly will not do anything 
to fix the problems that the alleged protesters, or not alleged protesters, but the protesters are alleging is wrong with this country. Meanwhile, they do nothing with their vast fortunes to fix these problems. It's like all they have to do is take a knee during the anthem, and they've done their duty to the people or the things that they think they owe loyalty to. And they're done. These idiots in Hollywood that join a cause for saving the wells or saving the snail darter or whatever, and they'll go and do a commercial, sometimes paid, sometimes not, for the charity, telling other people they need to give up their money or their time or their talent to this cause. But that's it. They're done. Now, there's, there's people like Angelina Jolie who have live, breathe, and eat what they do and say. And I don't always agree with them politically, but I respect what they do, by God. Not these others that pretend or they have an aide type up a single-sheet mission statement on some charities, and then they look at them and pick one so that they can have a cause that is progressive in nature to help them get employment in Hollywood. But they don't really care about the cause. If Hollywood and the sporting world were to come together, we could probably fix this problem. They have got a lot of money. They got more money in them than anywhere else in this country between the two of them. ESPN is virtually a progressive warehouse of communists. And yet, what are they doing other than reporting? They've done nothing to fix this problem, to save this country to end the perceived inequities. And, and so I ask you, in conclusion, to whom do you owe loyalty to? Where are you going to place your loyalties in things like this? Me, I'm, uh, I'm just six Jews. <laughs> I... Owe my loyalty to God, my constitution, my country, and my family. In that order. That's how I did it. I did that by going into the military to defend and protect you guys. I put my money where my mouth is on stopping evil, on stopping inequities. That's the reason we went to Desert Storm. I'm crippled for my actions. I paid my dues. And so I'm asking these football players, what dues are you paying? You've got scholarships to colleges, paid for by mostly white people probably. You've got jobs in the NFL where you're blowing the statistics on black hiring and you're millionaires mostly because of white people that buy tickets. And now you're protesting the country that enabled you to do that. The freedom and beliefs that enabled you to play football. 
you're spitting on people like me for what we said and did and how we protected this country so that you could go to school, so that you could play football, so that you could be a pussy. I don't respect you. Any of you want to come on my show and debate me, let's do it. I'm ready. I don't even need preparation. Anytime, anywhere, any place, I'm ready. You sicken me. And you've lost my support, NFL. I'm the underground professor. I will see everybody Thursday night. No, not Thursday night. No Thursday night show. I've got something I have to do. I'll be on Ken McClinton's show at 8 p.m. Central Texas time uh, for Radio on Red and Black, but I won't be having my show Thursday. So I'll be back here next Sunday at 6 p.m., and hopefully we'll be able to do a two-hour show. And, uh, I will see everybody later. And, uh, and for all the you uh, people who are in the basket with us fellow deplorables, <laughs> Make sure you go and check out, uh, what is this called? I'm trying to say what it is. Uh, Deplorables, Delusionals, and Deportables by Liberty's Thunder on Blog Talk Radio. If you go to Liberty's Thunder Blog Talk Radio, you'll be able to hear that show too. Love you guys. Thanks. Hey, Kel. Great to see you in the chat room for a change. Serena, Cog, others uh, who popped in at... uh, and everybody on Periscope, thank you. And I'm out of time. Oh, crud, I had a caller. I had a caller and didn't know it. Hold on a second. We'll do the caller and then hang up. <laughs> if I can get the caller turned on. I don't know if it'll turn it on. It may not because I lost the time. Yes. Caller, if you... Did you hear me? Yeah, barely. Talk. Well, sir, you did make a challenge for a debate. I know I called in a little late to the show, but I'm here to debate it. The NFL... Yeah. Go ahead. I'll give you, you a couple of minutes, you, and then i got to go. <laughs> okay. All right. Or we well, can you do this next t- Sunday. Your choice. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, make it, I'll make it quick as I can. And as far as your show goes, you know, whenever you have to end it, you have to end it. Um, the NFL, their hands are tied. Um, you saw what happened with the Dallas Cowboys when they wanted to put um, the police officers that were murdered, uh, their emblem on the back of the Cowboys' helmets. They couldn't do it. Because of political reasons, um, the problem the NFL has is they're basically, you know, they're there to make money. They have all these TV ratings and television right now, um, you know, are for this protest that Colin Kaepernick started and the other players um, are doing in, in various ways now. It's every week it's growing into something a little bit different. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you but i'm just saying the nfl their hands are tied and as a business um i I don't think that they're doing the wrong thing i think they're protecting themselves um look what happened in north carolina when you look at uh you know them fighting the bathrooms for you know both people can use the same bathroom all these uh companies all these events i think there was a uh, the nba all-star game next year pulled out of north carolina so mm-hmm. I'm just saying, as much as I might agree with you, but I don't really necessarily blame the NFL because I think their hands are tied and they almost have to let this happen. The players, well, uh, like Kaepernick, go ahead. Okay. 
let's let's go back and look at what you said about the Cowboys. The NFL was able to tell the Cowboys they could not honor five slain cops from Dallas. Okay, because of politics or what? Are we afraid of offending black people because cops were killed? That's ridiculous in this country. And especially under the situation that it was black people assassinating cops. Uh, So I don't care if black people get offended and neither should the NFL. That should have been allowed. But if they can say no to the Cowboys, then they sure as heck can turn around and say no to Crapperneck. In fact, Jerry Jones and the owner of the Giants went and told their teams, I write your checks. You're going to do what I say. In fact, uh, I'll quote them. You're actors and you're acting on my stage and you will act the the, uh, part I tell you to. And they can do that. Then why can't these other teams? They, They don't have to give in to this blackmail okay let's this is what is let, being done and if they hold on if they tell Krapernick no then what's going to happen who's going to protest are they not going to play if they don't play then they don't get paid and all of a sudden they're not millionaires and they're fine and there's plenty of people wanting to play in the nfl right behind them that they can replace them with so i i don't see the pressure that you're saying and if you look at target and over their bathroom things uh, they have lost over a billion dollars over their transgendered bathroom crap. Uh, and that's because we've stood up against them and we boycotted them and we have hurt them. And if South Carolina or whatever that was you cited would, would have stuck to their guns, I think it would have changed the tide for them too. Go ahead. Okay. As far as the, the Jerry, the, the Cowboys with the, with the, uh, the, the police uh, on the back of their helmet, well, here's what would, here's what would happen if they wouldn't have done anything. Uh, there would be protests at Jerry Jones's stadium. There, there would always be fans. Are. Well, just wait. There would be fans, season ticket holders, that would be afraid to go to the game because they're worried about these same protesters. For example, kind of like uh, you know the Trump rallies. Some people, uh, you know, are afraid to go for their physical safety. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 not I think not good enough. Walk, well, I mean, I don't think there's, in looking, there's not that many season ticket holders that are going to uh, give up going to a game over that. There's a lot of security at these things. And why is it that the protesters on the field don't scare them, but they wearing a sticker on a helmet does? Let's be honest here. What, what, the entertainment, uh, you know, the football is on ESPN, on it's the NBC tonight. Who are, you know, who are these organizations there, you know, basically, you know, trying to get Clinton – uh, mm-hmm. In the White House, so you're so? asking, you know, these. Well, I'm, I'm just saying from the NFL's view, the bottom line is it's about making money. It's about keeping these billion-dollar TV contracts, and they're just trying to play it safe. Yeah, they 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 played it wrong because they're also losing a lot of money by the protesters against them that are allowing Crappernick to do this. So if your argument is no matter what they chose, they were going to have protesters and they were going to lose money, I I can accept that. But they should have been consistent then. They should have been consistent with the stickers on the cowboy hats and the taking a knee during the Star Spangled Banner. They have moral clauses in their contracts. They have behavior clauses in their contracts. And all they had to do was say, we're initiating that. You will behave in this fashion or you will not take the field. And the, uh, the idea that they are somehow going to get harmed by not allowing black people to take a knee during the Star Spangled Banner, which it, I don't know how long you were listening to the show, but uh, uh, there's, okay, how many of them do you think vote Democrat? 
all of them. And out of all of them that are taking a knee and vote Democrat, why is it the Star Spangled Banner needs protesting, but the Democrat Party, which perpetuated slavery, Jim Crow, etc., and the KKK, does not need protesting? One actually did commit racism, and the other is a song uh, commemorating a war out of 1812, a war, the battle out of uh, the War of 1812. So I ask you again, why would we be worried about hurting the feelings of a handful of, of black NFL players that are mm-hmm. performing a, a idiotic protest yep. over a song. Okay. This, this is the tip of the iceberg. Wait, wait till the NBA season starts in football. Um, the teams in the NFL control the players a little bit more because the contracts aren't guaranteed. Wait till mm-hmm. the NBA starts. These players oh, have a lot more money <laughs> than the yeah. NFL they have a lot more freedom. They actually run the organizations. They can say, okay, you know, we want this player on our team. You can build a super team like LeBron James. Now, mm-hmm. I, I mean, wait till that season starts and they play the national anthem in the NBA games. You're going to see a and lot guess what? more. Oh, I agree with you. It's going to happen, and I can't wait because already white people are leaving the basketball in droves because of all the gang warfare that goes on amongst them and the ghetto uh, gangster uh, reputation, street rep, and all the other crap they're worried about instead of playing basketball. And white people are leaving basketball in droves, and the NBA is worried about that. And when they start having teams take knees during that, white flight will occur, and whites are the ones with the money that pay for all these millionaire superstar sports players. It's, there's not enough black people in this country that are wealthy enough to afford tickets to sustain a team. And uh, and talk, so they require the white people. Fan. Huh? Let's talk about the let's talk about the average fan that's going to go yeah. to an NBA game. Um, the average fan is pro America. Well, <laughs> and working. Wait, well, yeah. But uh uh-huh. but the but the average fan main objective is to go out tonight and watch the game. Now they might be offended the first couple time times it happens. Um, the the players do that. But what a bottom line comes down to after it happens times uh, they probably don't care they want it they're there to watch the LeBron James they want to see the Dwayne Wade the Steph Curry uh, I think that they're not really going to care to be honest with you they're there to see basketball not not to talk politics and I'm not saying if it's right or no, that's wrong. right that's what they are there for and when they go there and they have politics shoved down their face then they get pissed at the beginning and of they the react game for, for a minute for a minute yeah. and then what happens Maybe. you have two hours we'll of see. basketball did you watch any football today? That's all I do on Sundays from 12 in the afternoon okay, until good. the last game and is over. We got night. limited time, so yes or no yeah. should be good enough. Yeah. But you watched it. Did yep. they play the national yeah. anthem before any shows? Did you see them on the football games today? No. No, no because they didn't air them. <laughs> Why do they you think talk, that is? Because the pushback is so bad from people like me huh? that they have cut it off of the TV and they've gone right past it. They've been doing it before the openings of the football games. And and football teams and other sports like soccer and stuff all across the country are now playing it once during the games and uh, and at the very beginning, and they get it out of the way so that the players can't come out and protest. And and they're doing this to try and circumvent these protesters. It would have been easier just to ban it, but this is now their answer. And they wouldn't be not showing it if this was liked by America, 
The NFL is getting a lot of pushback from people, and they're very afraid of this. And so they have said, we're not going to air this anymore so that people can see it and get pissed off. If we don't see it, then we're not going to be annoyed. So you, you may have a point, uh, and I will concede it, that if this happens enough, we'll get tired of it and just want to watch football or basketball or whatever. But I promise you that if this is in people's faces and people see it, then the opposite will occur. And we will get angry and we will hold our money and we will not buy things. Uh, and, and Do you the, think, one, the, la- one last question for you. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you, do you think there? Do you think there will ever be a time in America when they stop playing the national anthem before sports games because the pressure and just they just don't want to have to deal with it? Yeah, that's exactly what I think is getting going to happen. Is that instead of not airing it, they'll just quit playing it and uh, and say, okay, well, look, now we've fixed the problem. And uh, but I don't think that will fix any problems uh, that the country has. It just will fix the NFL. No, no or I don't need that. problem. Yeah. Uh, because they require us to buy tickets, but they also require us to buy shirts and hats and shoes and crap uh, to sustain this and and to watch it on TV uh, because a lot of revenue comes that way. And if we start turning it off, then they're going to be in trouble. And then all I have to do is remind people of the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> and where are they? <laughs> they were very rich uh, performers, and now they're playing in front of you know, dinner theater crowds. And, uh, and so they have been marginalized because we Americans are patriotic and we love our country. We love our flag. And I'm not just talking about those of us who have served like myself. I'm talking about Joe six pack American. He loves his country and he loves the star spangled banner and the flag. And if you push those things in our face, then we're going to push back. And if, if the NBA and the NFL make those sports all about being black, then it's going to turn off white people no matter how much they want to watch a game. It shouldn't be about race, and it shouldn't be about um, about politics. We told the Dixie Chicks to shut up and sing, and they decided politics is more important to them, which is their right. Now they no one hears them sing. And uh, the, NF, the NBA has been suffering white flight, and they're hurting for it. And if this pursues, they'll hurt even more. And, uh, and I don't relish this, by the way. I want them just to play football or basketball, you know, and, and give me my distraction well, yeah. because that's what they're for. They are a distraction from all the real things that weigh us down. Well, one one final point. I know you're running on time. Um, Malcolm yes, Jenkins, uh, he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Tomorrow night they play the Chicago Bears. Uh-huh. He had made a statement earlier in the week that he plans to do some kind of uh, protest or demonstration before the game. I, I don't know if you saw that or not, but it's supposed to be something a little more than the average than game, Sunday yeah. game on Mon- because it's a Monday night game. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it would just it, final point. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow because this is more of a planned event than, than any other game that, that that's happened. But uh, appreciate yeah. debating me. I'm, um, you know, welcome. Uh, come back anytime. <laughs> I wish we had more time. Uh, you yeah, made some go very forever, good points. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I could. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, thank you. At, uh, and that's a good point as we close it out. The NFL Monday night game tomorrow. I planned on watching it to see the uh, 
national anthem played and what happens. And if they protest, I was going to turn it off and go my merry way. If they don't show it at all, I was going to turn it off and go my merry way. I predict that they will not show whatever above and beyond protests are planned. I have heard that both teams have stated that they have full intent to go and protest the Star Spangled Banner. Maybe not the entire teams, but they, uh, enough of them are going to do it, that it's a team thing. And let me also suggest that this will not be healthy for the football teams and the locker rooms because this is going to become a black versus white thing. And that is going to tear apart the team's cohesion and unity and their health as a football team. And that will also push away viewers as well. Now it remains to be seen what actually happens. Who do you owe loyalty? What's more important to you? A football game or love of God, country, and family? I'm the underground professor. I really thank the caller. I missed his name, but uh, I thank the caller anyway. And uh, we'll be back Thursday show. We're skipping everybody one last time. So our next show will be next Sunday at 6 p.m. Central Texas time. Come back and let's see what happened in this week's uh, news and whatnot. And we will begin the way back with Agador, the unpleasant blind guy, too, in that series. Goodbye. Via Contoodles, and this has been copyrighted in the year of your Lord, 2016.